On this episode of Real Talk, we're finally going to see what is fact and what is fiction regarding the Mark of the Beast. Stay tuned. Well, welcome to Real Talk with Jordan Riley, where the real talk does not come from me, it comes directly from God's Word. And we're going to tackle the mark of the beast today because it is, a, it is an issue and a subject that so many people are concerned about. So we're going, to, we're going to find out what is truth and what is not. So let's dive in. First of all, a brief history lesson. Over the years, so many people have thought that the mark of the beast was so many different things. I'm going to give you a few. People have thought it was Hitler, it was Stalin, or Mussolini. That if you just took the the letters of their names and multiplied it times five and divided by two, that it would reach 666 for some reason. Also, there's the barcode. There's also the credit card with that little black strip on the back that had all your information. There's the RFID chip, the little piece of rice kind of thing that you could slip underneath your skin and have all your information. And finally, for the past two and a half years, there was the COVID vaccine. Now, I'm going to tell you some great news right at the very beginning of this episode, and that's this. None of those things are the mark of the beast, and I will prove it to you. The mark of the beast does not exist. It's not even any of these things. And you're going to find out why and how as we go through this. So let's get started. The text that we're going to look at is Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 and 17. So let's read those a second. It says, And he causes all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, and the free, and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads. And he decrees that no one will be able to buy or to sell, except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Wow. Now, there's a lot there, but we're going to break it down. And we're going to go through the five things, the who, what, where, when, and why of Revelation 13, verses 16 and 17. So let's start that. First of all, the what. Now, the what is the mark, what everyone wants to talk about. Okay, the mark of the beast. In Greek, it's haragma. Okay, that means it's an identifying mark. That's what haragma means, an identifying mark for slaves, for the military, for animals. It was a branding to show ownership. It could also mean to scratch or tattoo. But you have to catch this, you guys. In all of those meanings, if you look at them in the Greek, it was a visible identifier, okay, for people to see. This wasn't some secretive thing. It was something right there in the open. Like that, that's why you branded your cattle or branded your slaves. So you knew what was yours and what wasn't. Number two is where. Now, so many people base some of their theology on what the King James Version says. But they got it wrong on this one, guys, because they think that, and they say it, they render the word in. So in your, in your right hand or in your forehead. But the, the Greek word is epi, which means on or upon or on top of. So you have to understand that the location of the mark is very clear by Scripture. It also says that in Revelation 14. It's on epi, on the, the right hand or on the forehead, not underneath, not inside of, on top of. You have to catch that. Number three, the why. Again, scripture, we, we just read it. It's very clear that it's required to buy and sell. It's required for commerce to be able to survive and eat and be able to you know, do things in the marketplace. 
But why is that? And that is because the, the beast, the Antichrist, wants to control. This is a one world government, probably one currency, uh, one world system that the beast wants to control, rule. He wants to rule the world and have all the worship of the people come to him. So there's, that's, that's the why. The why of the mark of the beast is to, he wants to own people. He wants his mark on them so he knows whose are his. You have to catch that. Number four, who? Who's going to be receiving the mark? Well, the Bible's very clear. It's those who worship the beast, Revelation 14, 9. Those people who pledge their allegiance to the mark or to the beast, to the Antichrist, they're the ones who are going to receive it. People who, who love God, who don't want to have that, they're going to reject that. They're going to flee. You're going to see that. There's, if you study the book of Revelation, there are people who are going to reject that. They're going to be killed or they're going to have to go into hiding. But the people who want to pledge their allegiance to the Antichrist will get that mark. And those are the people who worship him. And fifthly is the when. And let me be clear, this is probably the one that most people really want to talk about. And so I, I really believe this answer is going to set a lot of you free. First of all, if you look in Revelation 13, 16, it says that the, the mark of the beast is demanded by the beast. He makes all to do this. Okay? So he's made it to happen. So how can you have a mark of the beast without a beast? You can't. There is no beast right now that's in power. Now, granted, you might want to think it's, it's Biden or Elon Musk or Putin. It's not. Because this is not a United States thing. It's not a Russia thing. This will be a global world thing. And so let me be very clear that if you do not have a beast in power, you cannot have a mark of the beast. So please rejoice on that. That if you feel like you've taken something and you're like you've gone too far, you have not. Now, let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8, because that is a great verse. As far as the when, I want you to catch this. Let's take a look at that a second. It says this. It says, No one is to deceive you in any way, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Do you not remember that while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you know... What restrains him now? So that he will be revealed in his time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is removed. Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will eliminate with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. Wow. Okay, there's a lot of verses there and there's a lot to be said. But we can see right from here, there's a couple things I want you to catch to help you on the when factor. So first of all, look in verse 3. It says, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. What's the it it's referring to? Well, if you look in the context starts in verse 1, he's talking about the return of the Lord to get his church. That's the rapture. Now, some of you are going, oh my goodness, what are we, what are we talking about? The, the, the church is going to be gathered up to, by the Lord. We're going to meet him in the clouds. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 through 55. John 14, 1 through 4. We're going to be caught up to the Lord, be raptured away. 
And so when that happens, that is going to open the door, like you just saw in the Second Thessalonians chapter, for the Antichrist to come on the scene. Now, you have to get this, guys. There's talking in number the point two on this is that there's one who restrains him. If you notice in the text, a couple times it talks about he. He restrains, he holds back when he is removed. That is not a man. None of us have the power to restrain the Antichrist. None of us have the power to hold back the Antichrist. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who's restraining. And we, being the church who are the temples of the Holy Spirit, when we're removed and we're caught up to be with Christ, that opens the door for lawlessness to reign, for the tribulation to begin, for chaos, for deception to be run rampant upon this earth. And it allows the, the beast to come into power and the mark of the beast to be uh, given out and be demanded by the beast. You have to catch this. But also, let me, let me show you on, on verse 7. It says that we're taken away. And I want to show you this. In, if you look at the literal Greek rendering of that verse, this is what it says. It actually says that we will disappear from the midst. Okay? When Jesus comes to get his church, we are raptured up. We're taken up into the clouds to meet him. And we are disappear. I mean, we, really, we will disappear from this earth. And that opens the door. Because again, again, rapture happens first. Then the Antichrist comes on to, to the scene. The tribulation is now getting ready to go and it's underway. And then comes the mark of the beast. And it is bad. Now, look at the book of Revelation as we, as we close this, this episode. The book of Revelation, if you look at chapters 1 through 5, the church is mentioned a ton of times. Okay, But then you get to chapter 6 and the tribulation is beginning. And all this wrath has started to happen and plagues are poured out and the, the, the water turns to blood and people are dying and fire comes from heaven and all these things are going crazy on the earth. And what happens from chapter 6 to chapter 19? Do you, have you, if you've studied Revelation, do you know what's missing? The church. The church is never mentioned once. It is absolutely absent. Zero times is it mentioned. So all of a sudden we're mentioned, chapters 1 through 5, and all of a sudden, poof, we're gone. From chapters 6 through 19, which is the tribulation, which is the mark of the beast, which is where we find this passage in Revelation 13 and Revelation 14. We're not there. We're, woo! We are not here. We do not have to deal with this stuff. We do not have to worry about the mark of the beast because we will be in heaven celebrating with our king. Now, that is, for, I just hope you understand this, that is good news. And the end of the story, just so you, if you didn't know it, is at the end of verse or chapter 19, we come back with our king, with the Lord, and we come and he comes and destroys his, the enemies. Zechariah 14, verse 4, he touches down on the Mount of Olives and wipes them out. What an amazing hope that we have in Christ. I, so, so let me end this episode this way. If you're worried about the mark of the beast, it may be because you're not resting in Christ and you don't know him. Because those who know Christ, we have hope that he is taking care of us. We do not have to worry about pledging our allegiance to anyone other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't know who I'm talking about today, if you have never heard the gospel, please get a hold of me today. Please comment below. Please send me an email. Let's get in touch because you can have assurance that you're saved. Watch this video when you get done about are you saved or are you self-deceived? You need to know because when you are held by Christ, there is nothing that he won't do to protect his own. So I'm challenging you today. 
If you are in Christ, you don't have to worry about the mark of the beast. That's the truth.